Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> Fat bugs, scallops. Stealing stuff from your dad's work. Gay night. All of it. All of it. It's all in here. The Luke and Pete show. How you doing? I'm Pete, joined by Luke. Hello. We're doing this again. It's a Thursday. Yeah. How you doing? Ready for the weekend? What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm Ooh, living. lovely. I'm living for the weekend. I'm living for the weekend. Because I get to use all the stuff across the weekend that my father stole from his workplace. Do you know the man from Hard Fire, Richard Archer, is part of a new outfit called Soap? No, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. I'd forgotten you about Hard Fire completely. Living for the week. They're the Ronnie boys, aren't they? If, if yeah. you're ever drinking a Ronnie, I think of Hard Fire. Peroni. for the weekend. Do people shorten Peroni to Roni? Yes, get on the Ronis. That's quite interesting because a lot get of Italians will shorten words, but they don't shorten it that way around, they shorten it the other way around. What? Um, they call it purrs? Well, they, they would say, I mean, they, they just shorten things, don't they? So they say, like, ragazzo, which is kid. They say ragazz. And uh, stronzo, which is arsehole, they say stronz. They, they shorten they shorten things. But I didn't know they yeah. shortened it the other way around. Shortening their arsehole. The Ronies, eh? The, when, when you talk to me about Richard Archer, whose name I'd forgotten, of Hard Fire... Who, Strong eyebrows. I think of him being linked romantically to Scarlett Johansson. Really? Did that happen? I think so, yeah. I don't Good. know if it happened, but it Good was certainly God. linked. I know, I, mean, I was fuming at the time. The stain's massive. Yeah. Staining her good reputation. You, you must have... Uh, That's cross- the sort of rumour that if you were Richard Archer, you would very much um, fan those flames, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Massively. Big time. Big time. Mm. Um, Pete, you must have crossed paths with Hard Fire over the years. Um, they were once in my office at XFM, and I just wrote, <laughs> I define it. I think they were recording a show, uh, and the, all three of them, uh, three of the main guys, were kind of huddled around one CRT monitor, and that's all I sort of remember from Hard Fire. That's my only... What's a CRT monitor for those of us on... A cathode ray tube. Just one say those... TV. Well, no, because you you're imagining a plasma screen. You're imagining an LCD screen. You're not. It's one of those big, old... Um, three-dimensional televisions. People call them CRT monitors, do they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> in the trade? Yeah, in the trade, they do. <laughs> CRT. My dad would have got a CRT monitor. In fact, my dad did get me a CRT That's monitor for his work. I had it in the bedroom. My dad's, uh, my first computer, the Amstrad CPC 6128, had a screen that was pulled out of a um, fruit machine, one of those kind of digital fruit machines, uh, back right. in the 80s that my dad um, pulled out with his bare hands. And so the casing for the monitor was uh, wood, which presumably was some kind of fire risk. <laughs> I mean, that is incredible. You don't want a wooden monitor screen. I don't do know how you fit, how your family fitted all these things and all these mad goings on into one house. No. I mean, in my mind, it's just an absolute circus. There's gerbils eating each other. There's like a cold truck in the living room. Yeah. There's all sorts going on. Yeah. It's a bit wacky, isn't it, up north? Yeah. My, my, the, 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 all bets are off. The TV, I mean, I might be doing my dad a disservice here and besmirching his good name, but the TV that he blatantly got for me from his work, mm. again, a Ferguson number, mm. was on a sort of tall, thin chest of drawers in my bedroom. Right. Across the other side of the bedroom, but it wasn't a very big bedroom, of course, and it was sat on there. But it used to make, it was an old school TV and, and the, the volume and the brightness and the control and the contrast and everything was all little dials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
when you push the button on the front of the TV, it made a gigantic noise. Click, like, it was not even a click. It no, was it a was clang, a clang, wasn't it? It went, Yeah, wow. like that. Like that. So obviously that became a problem when if I wanted... something a bit moody. Well, if I wanted to watch something after I wasn't allowed to have the telly on, which is basically oh, any right, time okay. after, I don't know, 10 or whatever. <laughs> so, but I had, so what I used to do is I used to turn it on with a snooker cue. Right. Um, and and make a real loud cough at the same time. <laughs> so and then and what I could do is leave the snooker cue there. Yeah. So if my parents smelt a rat, I could then quickly turn it off again because turning it off made no noise. Right, okay. And they would tuck the snooker cue down the side of me. Um, but if not, I was able to watch the rerun of Red Dwarf and everything was everything was cool and dandy. And if they did come in, they thought, God, he loves pool. Yeah. No, I I, I did I did used to play snooker a lot. I used to love it. Um <laughs> He's sleeping with his cue. He's gonna be the next Higgins. This is the latest episode of the Luke and Pete Show. You are very welcome to join us. Um, it's unplanned, really, apart from the mm. emails that you send us. And if you would like to do that and be a part of this foul jamboree, it's hello at lukeandpeacher.com. We would love to hear from you. Recently, we've had talk about um, oh, basically just people stealing stuff from work. Yeah. A guy who had a good VHS player scam going on. Um, that was on Monday's show. And we've got lots more besides. Now, um, this time around, Pete, I'd like to start with this. It's something I read in the Times. Mm. And I thought you might have some opinion on it. Um, and the reason I found it interesting is because technology has taken over all our lives and technology has fully taken over your life for some time now mm. to the point where you are half man, half internet. Yeah. Um, and everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about your wires last time around, didn't mm. we? And all that kind of stuff. Um, have you sorted through those yet? Uh, no, no, they will uh, be buried with me. Right. So I'll be like one dense copper vinyl and man. Well, leave the copper to your Hi. to your next of king because it's worth money. I mean, <laughs> worth you can get, money, get yeah. money for that. Uh, when I used to work as an electrician's labourer, they used to we used to refit shopping centres, right? And so the, the labourers, like the guys who had no skills, basically me, would go in there and rip all the old cables out. Mm. What they used to say was that we don't really have any use for those cables, so you can keep them. Mm. So we used to strip them all back, take them to the scrapyard, and, yeah. and the guy in there would weigh them and give us money for them, and we'd use that to buy beers after work. Nice. Yeah, it's quite a good scheme. Anyway, um. Yeah, you, you 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 need to sort those cables out, and I quite like the idea that rather than sort them out when you moved house last time, you just took them all with you. No, I got rid of some. I okay. mean, but I've still got like a um a big uh, the less sentimental bag under ones. the bed, yeah. But they're like old ones. Like I kind of get a bit emotional about USB um, wires that don't exist anymore. Like there are some kind of proprietary USB formats that you just don't see, and they're beautiful. Just frame them in their own ways. Frame <laughs> in their own ways. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this this piece from the, in the Times on that on that sensitive note uh, is is from Alice Thompson, and I quite like it. I'd like to know your thoughts. So the quote goes as follows: Melinda Gates, you know, as in Bill Gates' mm-hmm. wife, um, Melinda and Bill Gates' children don't have smartphones and only right. use a computer in the kitchen. Bill spends hours in his office reading books while everyone else is refreshing their homepage. The most sought-after private school in Silicon Valley, the Waldorf School of the Peninsula, bans electronic devices for the under 11s and teaches the children of eBay, Apple, Uber, and Google staff to make go-karts, um, knit, and cook. Mark Zuckerberg wants his daughters to read Dr. Seuss and play outside rather than use any of his messenger apps. Steve Jobs strictly limited his children's use of technology at home. It's astonishing if you think about it. The more money you make out of the tech industry, the more you appear to shield your family from its effect. Mm. What are you going to do with your children, Pete? Um, well, I, I imagine those kids will be ostracized. <laughs> As pariahs because yeah. they can't use the internet uh, in many ways. So yeah, I'd, I'll probably be just be. I I I don't really get the um, anger that people have about you know kids using their phones. I, I, you know, it'll all settle down. It's fine. Will you? Will you? Um, you'll be happy for your children to use as much of it as they want. Again, it's it's just a very um, 
Yeah, I mean, my parents just let me get on with it. But again, but the technology then wasn't, wasn't that great, wasn't, was it? Yeah, but I used it a lot. Like, I what are we talking? Video games. What are we talking? Hours and hours, mate. Hours and hours. You need to punch the mic. Yeah, getting passionate about it. I'm angry because. So, so when you have when you have children. You will um, let them just use whatever they want. Yeah, I, I yeah. I don't, uh, as soon as, I think, as, soon as I your baby's anybody, born, you're sticking a VR headset straight think, on their head. Yeah, exactly. On their little soft head. It's it, VR can provide a better uh, level of life than I can. <laughs> yeah. Just let them get on with it. Get yeah. Them hooked into Tron. Yeah, I could feed them for the next eighteen years, or I could give them a virtual reality thing, yeah. two hundred quid, and they'll think they're being fed. They'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Because I, I, I feel quite, um, I feel like it probably has been well, I think it definitely has been a contributor to like a lack of attention span in, in me yeah hugely yeah I'm yeah I'm dreadful I mean it, uh, what was it gonna um, I think I've probably said it on the, on the show before but I think the head of either BBC or ITV comedy used to get something like 20 scripts a week for, for, for sitcoms and stuff like that right and uh, now they get they're lucky if they get one or two Really? And okay. they're, and they're, well, because people just haven't got the sustainable, they can't sustain it. They're, they're laying the, 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 the feet generally at uh, writers uh, indulging in it in pornography, to be honest. <laughs> but, the B- <laughs> but the BBC are also people who socially, social media-wise, will say, oh yeah, the clips have got to be a minute long and they've got to be two minutes long because otherwise, and, and almost it's like a self-fulfilling thing. Mm. People just have decided that no one's got an attention span, so then they, they play to that crowd and therefore you never see any long-form stuff anymore. Mm. I, I, I think the whole debate about attention span in uh, kids is dull. Kids read more than they ever have before. Um, you know, they probably don't play outside quite so much, but, you know, the outside's scary, isn't it? You can't, you can't spend 20 years scaring kids with paedophiles and bloody and terrorists and then yeah. expect that they, uh, they wouldn't sort of hide inside and just, um, you know, socially and the, reach out through their computers. And the worst of that would be a, 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 per- a paedophile who's also a terrorist. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine... A militant, a militant paedophile. Yeah, yeah. I've already named an episode recently, "The Bad Boy of Perverts," which is what you referred to yourself as last week. So we should nice. probably leave that one there. Nice. I-, I wanted to start off with an email though from Mike Gibson, and this is an email that slipped through the net. Gibbo on the on the more, more recent shows. Do well, you do you want to hit an ad break first? You. Yeah? It's a bit early for that, Pete. I think we'll do right, we'll do an ad break okay. after this. Right, right. Um, I um I, I said to you a while back that um in my in my experience or from what I know. Um, food critics don't like mm. white chocolate. Do you remember? Yes, it's too sweet. Yeah, and it was I watched an episode of MasterChef, and they were doing something with white chocolate and uh, with cream. And uh, I never watched MasterChef. I, I love it. I, that. I absolutely love but it. it uh, but um, I think who's the guy who did Fat Les Vindaloo? Oh, Keith Allen. Keith yeah. Allen. Yeah. I think he used some white chocolate, and they went, Ugh, "It's too, it's too sweet." Yeah, too. And I it mean, is too sweet. Keith Allen was awful. On who's that show. on MasterChef? There's Keith Allen. Yeah. I'm trying to think who it's else cele- is on the, the current show. series is Celebrity Master. Yeah, Celebrity Master. So, so you got Keith Allen. Um, I can't remember anybody else, but it's a tall man. Oh, the massive rugby player guy. I thought he's a rugby player. Yeah, Scottish yeah. rugby player. I thought, right. is he, oh, he's English. I think English. He's six right. foot ten. And every time they, every time he would be serving the food, someone would make a joke about his height. Yeah. Um, tall lads do email in. How bored are you of every single person you meet in this world mentioning your height? There was a line. There was it's a line that. So there was a line in that episode where he went to a professional kitchen mm. and the and the chef who he was working with said, oh, you know, oi, you have to watch your head. And it, it, I, I really wanted him to say, well, you think I'm not tall like this every day? <laughs> I've chosen to be tall for this one day. Mind, mind the door. So, yeah, oh God, yeah, it happens Jesus. to me quite a lot. Happens to me, and I'm You're not, not even that tall. 6'3". Taller right. than taller than I would say most people. Mm. It's rare for me to be looking up at someone in a conversation. Right. And people do say that to you. Like if you go and stay in like a B&B or something, Mm. Which I don't know what always happens in the B and B, possibly because a lot of the buildings are old. They always say, "Oh, you know, mind your head." It's like, yeah, I know to mind my head. 
if, if you want if you want to sort of warn someone about mining their head, it's short people because they're not used to doing it. Right. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't Good make point. any sense. Anyway. Mike Gibson's been in touch, reference white chocolate. Mm. And he says, uh, hi guys, um, hearing you mention white chocolate on episode 91, I thought I'd share a rib of knowledge, um, uh, that probably should be a nib of knowledge, about how white chocolate differs to milk and dark chocolate. My understanding of the process is that essentially to make chocolate, the cacao beans are extracted from the cacao plant, then fermented in open air and dried before the cacao nib is extracted and roasted. Uh, under heat, this becomes liquefied. The liquid is then separated into cocoa solids and cocoa butter, and this is where the two types differ. Milk or dark chocolate uses both cocoa solids and cocoa butter mixed with milk, sugar, and other components, whereas white chocolate uses the cocoa butter alone, which has a lightly cocoa-like flavor, but no uh. cocoa solids. White chocolate is then usually flavored with vanilla. Finally, on your latter point, I'm not a food critic as such, but I do edit a food magazine. While I'm usually obliged to play, uh, praise the virtues of artisanal produce, painstakingly handcrafted with, a little, uh, with as little industrialization as possible, chocolate is the one area in which I'm a complete basic bitch, and I absolutely love white chocolate. I can't stand 76% cocoa Ecuadorian single origin chocolate bars. <laughs> to me, they taste like the juice of a Bexel battery. Give me a 12 <laughs> Galaxy or Milky Bar any day. Cheers, Mike Gibson. Milky Bars are all right. But they're they're quite thin and light. I like MJ on Twitter. He's, uh, he's oh, do you know him? Times. No, no, but he's, he's tweeted a few a couple of times. And um, why well, don't you follow him then if you like him? I think I do. Oh, do you? Okay. I don't know. I can't. I I, I barely read Twitter. I just retweet other shit. You're always on send. You. That's your problem. What's that? What do you mean? You're always, you're just, not, you're always yeah. sending stuff, not receiving. Yeah, sounds pretty. Um, the problem with the, with so the Milky my, Bar for my me. Ethernet cable isn't it twisted. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. My, um, my, my problem with the Milky Bar is it falls into that section for me, who is a larger man, that I need to, if I need to eat more than one of it, to it for it to feel for like... it to affect yeah, you. Yeah, there's no point getting it, is there? Yeah. So I wouldn't eat more than one Snickers, but I would eat more than one Whisper, for example. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's half air, for God's sake. <laughs> Milky... Tell that to the doctor when you got diabetes. Milky it's bar. half air for crying out loud, you Milky... fool. <laughs> yeah. You damn fool. Uh, Milky Bars are the same, aren't they? I haven't had a Milky Bar for years, but they are, they are quite sort of lightweight, aren't they? We've got a little um, fridge here where we keep our... To be honest, beers, because we, we're sponsored by uh, beer companies every now and again. We'll and you bloody love craft beer, don't you? I it? love craft beer. And uh, there's a little box of chocolate. Hang on, the chocolates have gone. You ate all of Spelsies, them. Spellsies, Adam. No, you ate all of them. No, man. I didn't. I, I've been piling through them. Yeah. But occasionally, because they, they were lints, so you'd unwrap them and then uh, some of them would be white chocolate. would be like, oh, gross. I thought you just said you quite like white. Oh, you like Milky Bar. I like okay. Milky Bar. All right, should we have a little ad break and you all can right. go find some more chocolate? Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Sheikh, you're telling me that drinking camel's urine is part of the din? Ah, you don't get me wrong. Ah, don't get him wrong. Don't get him wrong. 
<sighs> Have you got an email lined up, Peter? I'm just typing in the uh, the old ad time, so why don't you just crack on if you've got one? Okay, people will probably get fed up of hearing about me. Nah. Um, what about this then? Um, this is another anonymous email, so apologies if I've left your name off, but you haven't appeared to include it. Um, it's um, it's about uh, chicken, I think. Okay. Um, hi, lads. Talk of knockoff fast food places reminded me of a chippy I saw on a recent trip to London. So we were talking about... Uh, the fact that chicken shops are massive in London, but they don't appear to be massive really anywhere else yeah. in the UK. Sam's Chicken Chicken in Kentish Town. Big fan of that. Morley's down in South London. Famous. Nice. Bit of a national institution. That'll be a World Heritage Site soon. Um, and he sent an email that says, not sure of the story behind it, but for some reason or another, perfect fried chicken in Chapel Hill was forced to change its name. In what can only be seen as utter content for the force of the name change, the Chippy went to the minimal effort of changing the first letter, leaving us with the triumphant new name, Perfect Fried Chicken. <laughs> well, they just knocked off a bit of the P. And he's attached a photo uh, so you can see how obvious they, uh, they wanted the name change to look. They've basically just taken a little bit out of the middle of the P <laughs> to make it an F. Perfect, perfect Fried Chicken. Fried chicken. I'd go there. Perfect. It's thrifty. It's perfect, isn't it? I mean, look, they're passing on the savings to you. Yeah. What's the, what's the chicken like? Pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> I got Falmanella. Um, hello to Mark, uh, who says, Hi, gents. Uh, since Luke uh, mentioned about Malden sea salt, I think I might have mentioned Yeah, you try to stitch me up. Do you want to tell people up. the story? Um, Luke was once on a... Uh, an advertorial. Brand, an advertorial, bit of branded content about Malden sea salt. I'm not really sure how that happened or why it happened, but it happened. And the best thing about it was I didn't know get paid very much. <laughs> um, I feel he has summoned me to your inbox like the Batman distress signal. Um, I listened to your pods the day they arrived in my inbox. However, this past week or so, I've been on holiday, so I had myself a little omnibus on the way back uh, from work. That's treat, not bad, is treat it? yourself. I mean, that's a bit much, isn't it? What's it's hard deal? enough recording two at a time. So I always, I sometimes in my mind get confused between an omnibus and an ombudsman <laughs> right, okay. so if you if you complain to the ombudsman that's not as good if you're you listening to an to the omnibus, omnibus. <laughs> you won't Com- get anywhere complain to the playbus yeah omnibuses um, used to be i'll tell you what in the 90s yeah omnibuses used to be all the rage all the soap shows would have an omnibus you yeah, get them all stitched together on a sunday afternoon yeah eastenders i think does, does that doesn't they? St- not, not, they? not anymore not surely. eastenders an omnibus it's a cheap no. programming, isn't it? I'm thinking EastEnders. Yeah, but the people would complain about the charter. Would New, Newcastle, would Neighbours ever do an omnibus? I'd about to say Neighbours and Home and Away, possibly. My mate Jimmy still loves Home and Away. He watches it all the time. I used to, I used to, I always used to be a big fan of Neighbours back in the day. Oh, same. Was Everyone was. That was on, I mean, you might be getting confused because that was on in the afternoon and then the later in the afternoon, wasn't it? Uh, it was yeah. on like 1 p.m. Oh, and like, then was 5. Was that yesterday's show or was it the same show? No, same show, same but show. earlier in the day, yeah. Um, Jeff Lloyd, who used to do Absolute, now he does a bit of Radio 2 and Radio 5. He does a show um, with his uh, co-conspirator, Annabelle Pot, and they were do, they were talking about um, Mamma Mia 2, the new Mamma Mia film. All right, yeah. And apparently... Uh, in in that uh, they go to I think the main who's the main kind of British guy Mr Darcy oh um, Colin Firth I think Colin Firth might be in that film Colin Firth, he, I think okay. he might be in that film anyway a character like that goes to Tokyo for a meeting with Mr Udagawa now Udagawa is a name you know I'm a I'm, I'm a big fan of Japan you don't hear it very often it's not a name that's that popular Mr Udagawa what would be like a popular name say again what would be a popular name in Japan uh, uh... I don't know. I've stitched you up there. Muto. Muto. Because he just signed for Newcastle. <laughs> Yoshinori Muto. Okay. Uh, and um, yeah, you never hear Mr. Udagawa. But he, so Mamma Mia had a character called Mr. Udagawa. Mamma was going to Tokyo for a meeting with Mr. Udagawa. Hmm. And Jeff tweeted the director of the film, or the writer of the film, sort of saying, Was that a neighbours reference? And he went, Yeah, it was. <laughs> so it's really what? Nice. There's a character called, in neighbours called that? Uh, so um, whoever, I think it was. Um, 
Oh, who sang Gotta Make You Feel Good? Oh, Stefan Dennis. Stefan Dennis. I yeah. think Stefan Dennis, which is not his character's name. In, it's uh, called Paul Robinson. Paul Robinson. Paul yeah. Robinson used to go to Tokyo quite a lot for a meet with Mr. Udagawa. Oh, okay, right. And that oh, was nice. It's a great little Easter <laughs> egg there. Mr. Udagawa. I remember not watching Neighbours for about 10 years and then <laughs> flicking it back on and Paul Robinson, Stefan Dennis, had like a wooden leg or something. Oh, right. He, so he, he, he part sort of the story. came back and forth, didn't he? Remember, did he used to go out with one of the twins? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, um, this email from Mark is talking about, um, uh, yeah, he, basically this story is all about him fainting all of the time. He's okay. in secondary school. Uh, There's an assembly on knife crime. The police were in showing some gory images trying to deter us. I suddenly felt a bit lightheaded, got up mid-assembly uh, and basically just, you know, just absolutely collapsed. <laughs> um, second event. Uh, an apprenticeship, apprenticeship uh, sh- scheme, scheme, <laughs> scheme, in which students were put into brick-clad cubicles and shown how to tile, paint, saw wood, etc. One uh, one day, one of these students pretty much sawed his finger off. Oh God! He's getting lightheaded just thinking about it now. Uh, we all thought it was hilarious, and I watched him receive treatment again. I felt a bit funny. I was asking my way, mate if he did too. He didn't. He fell. He fainted. He's just constantly fainting. This guy. Right. Anyway, Do you remember basically... the guy who you might didn't want to said he had to get wheeled out of the class after fainting in a wheelbarrow? Yes, that's yeah. right. There. Uh, yeah. uh, well, basically, he's having problems when we mention gory things on the show that he feels a bit like. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this will help him out. This genuinely happened. A friend of mine at school, Adam. We were doing home economics or whatever, mm. and we were being taught how to sew. Yeah, uh, with the sewing machine. Oh, yeah, and genuinely. And li- listen, mate, I take no pleasure in your in your fainting. So if you want to turn this off now, you can. Mm. But it's relevant, so I'm going to tell the story. He wasn't paying attention, mm. and he put the sewing needle on the machine, like through his fingernail but... and out the bottom of his finger, like about two or three times before it stopped. To, so just a tidy little saw, tidy little bit of with like thread through it and stuff. Uh, yeah. They're so powerful, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I was watching a guy do something with it. He had like a um, he had a uh, he had a chopstick, and I can't remember what he was doing. He was like he was doing like a trick, I think a magic trick, but he smashes his hand through this chopstick. So the chopstick's pointing into the palm of his hand, mm. and because there are no muscles in, in your hand, it's just all uh, tendons. Um, it came out the back. Of his hand, like, but there was still like a, t- it was like a tent, like a was kind it supposed of like, to a, do that? like a little skin teepee of his. Uh, oh, but uh, so it didn't, it didn't, it break. didn't break the skin. Oh, okay, right, on yeah, either okay. side. Okay, I don't right, think. yeah, yeah. But it just went through in between the bones, parted the bones, parted the, part of the tendons, and just went straight through the top of his hand. And I think you can kind of do that without really hurting yourself. Let's not do it's that. It's sore, and don't do it. That's the next can, social yeah. media video. Story. I know, right? <laughs> Donaldson. But this, uh, so basically, uh, Mark from uh, Malden, that's why he brings up uh, Malden Sea Salt. Okay. Uh, I work in an office and was recently collaborating on a project with one of the trainees, uh, just recently turned 18 years old. We were looking through various documentation when suddenly I saw an email pop into his inbox. Of course, I shouldn't have looked, but the mind wanders, doesn't it? What was suddenly, uh, <laughs> what was suddenly etched across his screen was an email from Pornhub telling him that his subscription had run out. This would have been relatively acceptable if it was his own personal email. This was his work email. Oh, my goodness. Who subscribes to Pornhub? No, why would who you? Ne- who needs a paper trail? There was a guy at my um, old workplace that I won't name who got busted and sacked for having porn found on his work computer. Mm. I remember my first work experience job in Escom, which is a computer shop. Um, one of the engineers um, had uh, pornography on his uh, machine, but it was like late 90s porn. So it was like probably an animated GIF or something. And it took about three days to come through. Yeah, it was incredible. And I like the way that you use the word machine for computer as well. Yeah. It's very switched on. Programming um, machine code. What about this email? Who, who, who was that last email from? By the way? Uh, that was uh, Mark from Malden, I believe. Thanks, Mark. And um, this is a good one from Sam in Harrogate, which, is a, which sounds like it would be a rough place, but it's actually really nice. 
Oh, Harrogate. Oh, it's a spa town, isn't it? Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. He says, um, chaps, not sure if you've discussed the butterfly effect on the show before, not the mm. film, but I think it's ripe for conversation. Is the butterfly effect film not about the butterfly effect, though? I think it is, but I don't so think So it's connected, to. isn't it? He doesn't want to discuss that right, particularly. Okay. With um, uh, Josh Hartnett, I believe, it, and someone else. No, I think it's Ashton Kutcher, you know. Is it? I don't think oh, it they, is those Josh two, Those two were interchangeable back in yeah. the day, weren't they? If you can't afford one, get the other in. <laughs> it's like Hugh Bonneville and Colin Firth. Think, you know, yeah, I'd have that. Could Colin Firth play the dad in Paddington? Yes, he could. But they've got Hugh Bonneville. Maybe Colin Firth was busy. I thought Colin Firth was Paddy in Paddington. Was he just in the first one? What? I haven't seen the first one. The fir- um, Why have you seen the second one? It's supposed to be really good. I'm, I'm not sh- sorry, people. Jesus I backed Christ. myself not to be lost by the narrative <laughs> of Paddington fucking bear. Um, I didn't really understand it though. No, I did. Um, and also in the 90s, I think maybe actually the 80s, the, the old chat was if you couldn't afford Ted Danson, get mm. Steve Gutenberg. Right, okay, yeah. That yeah, was the yeah. chat. Um, anyway this is from uh, from Sam he says he had the butterfly effect my favourite example of this in action is that Kim Kardashian's fame is the indirect result of a bad pass in an American football game in 1970 the Buffalo Bills narrowly lost the game uh, due to a bad pass thus being the worst performing team that year and getting the first pick in the draft they chose a young fellow by the name of Oranthal James Simpson OJ mm-hmm. Simpson which brought him to Buffalo and then subsequently to San Francisco on the west coast where he met his future wife Nicole Brown in LA and in 1994 was on trial for her murder mm. as we know he was defended by Robert Kardashian who then became well known because of that mm. and the rest is history ah. so if you've got some examples of that I like that the butterfly effect in action the sliding doors type scenario yeah. uh, hello at lukeandpeetshow.com we'd love to hear from that's a very good one have you seen the death I think we, did we spoke about this have you seen the death force from the scene of um that particular crime. Yeah, I've seen the like, the OJ versus um what's it called? I can't remember what the name of the documentary is called. OJ versus the people or something. Ten mm-hmm. parts. It's brilliant. Right, yeah. It's really, really comprehensive. Well, the, the pictures of like he their thoughts are out, like the both of them, both of the guys. Like Yeah. And yet he was <laughs> Oh, the whole thing is absolutely mental. It's the whole thing is mental. And and and, and the, like it's clearly a, a crime or passion. Like I'd I'd never seen any but, of the but, murder but, pictures but, before. But the interesting part of the documentary I found was how the defense framed it which was framed it as in made it about the wider issue about black versus white in the West coast of the U S and particularly LA in that part of LA and that Mm. part of the world at that time. And it, and it was their only play, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, cause, cause the, you know, their throat, like it was clearly crime passion and their throats were, and this, you know, Young waiter just murdered. Where were you at the time, Pete? You could have sorted the whole thing out. Well, but it's really worth watching that um, documentary. Put the glove series. on me. Is it called OJ versus the people? I don't know. People versus OJ, something like that. Mm. It's about eight or nine parter. It's really, mm. really long. It's fantastic. Because this, I, I was reading about something recently on um, on um, there was a day in 1994 in like it might have been the 17th of June, something like that, mm. and it was like the final one of the most. I'm probably going to get this wrong, but bear with me. One of the most dramatic. NBA final games in history. Mm. There's a Stanley Cup match as well, isn't there? There's a Stanley Cup match, maybe. There was the opening game of the World Cup in USA 94 yeah. and the OJ Simpson car chase. It was all <laughs> happening on the same day. I was watching um, uh, WrestleMania 12, I think, where it's... Um, that Rowdy, must have been about 94. Rowdy Roddy Piper, it was 96, I think. Rowdy oh, Roddy okay. Piper uh, versus Goldberg. No, Goldust. 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 Dusty Rhodes' son. Um, and because uh, we do a podcast called Wrestle Me, and I recommend it, um, but they used footage uh, because basically there's a car chase in it. Uh, Roddy Piper's chasing uh, Goldust to to teach him how to be a man. A lot of homophobia in that yeah. uh, in this thing. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, they used footage from the chase, the police chase. My God, he's in like some, of the, the same, that, some of the stuff. Like WWF some of the stuff WWF got away with in yeah. that period of time. 
shocked me to my very core, and that's why she doesn't wrestle me. Yeah. Because even if you don't like wrestling, the shit they got away with is incredible. I agree. It's very, very interesting. And we're, we're almost um, coming up to episode 100, Pete. What have you got planned? What? Start thinking about it now. We've stop got it. We're four episodes left. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I think that's about as much time as we've got for this time around. We'll be back on Monday, of course. If you do want to get in touch, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. We've got loads of emails to wade through, but we'd always like to read more. Um, so, yeah, get involved. Say goodbye, Peter. Goodbye, Peter. And it's goodbye from me too, and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.